I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey guys, it's Malls. Thanks so much for listening to Please Advise. Just a quick message before the show. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. It's super helpful for us and super helpful for you. You can also call 323-450-7408 to get your calls on the show. Again, 323-450-7408. Or email askpleaseadvise at gmail.com with your voice notes or emails. Thanks so much. Hey everyone, it's episode 111 of Please Advise. We have guest Liana Maybe here. Hi girl, how are Hello, you? Hello, I'm doing well. How are you? I feel like I've known you for, well, I feel like I definitely have known you online for 10 years, but I yeah. feel like this is the most we've ever spoken it's in real weird. life. It's weird. I feel like we've made a lot of plans to hang out and just never do it that's true but not until like more like the last like three or four yeah, years yeah, yeah. we have a lot of friends in common though we know i think we've bumped cigarettes from each other probably I I that probably that. sounds about right <laughs> that probably sounds right i um that's so funny actually the bumming of a cigarette relationship is a very specific one in los angeles i know it's right you like remember it you're like you remember the people who smoke well i actually am like i get sensitivities about it because there was a period of time where i worked with someone who like bummed cigarettes for me 
constantly and like it was like it got to the point where I was like look dude it's not a money thing it's nothing else it's just that sometimes we're stuck here for 13 hours a day and then I don't have a cigarette when I need one because you've smoked half of my pack and it's like the only thing that anyone feels okay just like asking for repeatedly exactly and I kind of like pointed that out to her I was like look this is one of those things where it's just like you it's not just because I have an addiction like you can just have some of this so then I was at a party with her and a bunch of other people and I saw this like like this comedian she's famous I admire her she like came up to me like a scared dog like I was like a wild feral dog and she like came up to me she's like can I have a cigarette and I was like I'm running out and she ran away from me and I realized that my friend had probably said like Molly's crazy about bumming oh, cigarettes no. from her and so like I'm afraid that I might have her like reputation as a person you can't bum a cigarette from well, but I I'm think kind I bum of a-, a cigarette from you or you've bummed one from me but either way like we're we're chill okay I, good I'm, gonna, I'm like, glad I'm glad that we're let I'm, everyone know I'm, that you are not that person I need to quit though I did hip like hypnosis the other day and I feel like I have so many other things to work on before I get to quitting yeah. smoking I like went eight days I think last month without smoking that's pretty like, that's big kinda, right what's your brand uh American Spirit Yellow that's good because that's they're healthy and they're good for you yeah exactly right you? are you parliament that's my guess um I uh, no 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 like I actually think people or like Virginia are- Slims because you're fucking cool and that would be like a mall's move, I feel like. No, you're so Damn sweet. It. I smoke um, Dunhills if I'm feeling okay. rich. Um, and if most of the time, just like Kate Moss, I smoke Marlboro Lights. I actually Fair. have like a deep um, bias against people who smoke Parliaments. Like I think that they're Because like, that's like the teenage cigarette. Yeah, it's yeah. like, it reminds me of like trashy rich girls in right. college where I'm like, you're from so much money yet you're still so trashy. Like what happened to you? And I Fair. realized they just grew up too fast. <laughs> um, so you're from LA. Yeah, I grew up here, which is... A thing uh, you wrote a book yes about growing up in LA in I, fact I um, know so tell me all about it how so, that came about yeah so it's called South on Highland and it's kind of it started off as sort of like a I wanted to take on like the like drug addiction and recovery memoir and do like sort of a take on that and like kind of a sassy or not really but also I was like I need to think about these things for my own life uh, and then it just sort of became like straight up a novel um about a girl who kind of goes through some shit um and I don't know it's like hopefully kind of funny sometimes have you done it has it led you to any cool things i feel like when you write about stuff like that it brings up it brings out a lot of weirdos i mean i've met like a lot of people who like have told me secrets about like their own like bad periods that i feel like one without without revealing names oh my god uh i don't know i feel like Part of it is like the names is the terrible thing oh, okay, to say. Okay, Part of it is okay. like you really like. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing is like I think that there's first of all, I am someone who like I own everything like and I think because I put everything out there like I'm like, oh, I took a Xanax like and I'll just tell people that at a party. I think yeah. people think that I'm probably some sort of like out of control drug addict. But what I realize is that everyone is doing exactly what I'm doing and probably even worse. They just don't say it out loud. Totally. Maybe I should stop saying it out loud. So I went to uh, haunted the Haunted Hayride thing the other night. I know. I know, because I saw Ed, <laughs> which is amazing. My and fave. Was like, I'm pretty sure. But I, uh, and I was like, with like a new friend who's like super cool. And I was like, I'm going to be, I'm, a f- I'm really scared of shit. And I was like, I'm going to freak out on the Haunted Hayride. So I took a Klonopin before. And then the next day I admitted that I'd taken a Klonopin and was like, I was, and I just made me like really sleepy. So I just like, and I did your friend judge you? No, not at all. But I was just—it was like this whole weird thing where I was like, "This is why I was sleepy," but I wasn't—I didn't freak out. People should know right now it's like Halloween weekend. Yeah. 
Um, haunted shit freaks me out. Like I can't do haunted houses. No. Scary movies even like I spend half the time buried like in someone's arm, stranger or not. I saw Girl on a Train um, on an edible like two weeks ago, which is the biggest mistake of my life. Like my girlfriend and I went to dinner. We had steaks and wine. And then I was like, I have an edible in my purse. Like let's take an edible and go see Girl on a Train. And she's like, okay, perfect. Or Girl on the Train, whatever it's called. And um, she is – so tiny she's like you tiny she's super petite I like ate like a three quarters of it and she was like just give me that teeny piece and I was like okay both of us sat there like I was sitting there going <laughs> everyone in this theater knows that I'm an alcoholic murderer like I was like, going <laughs> well right because that movie is particularly you're just like what <laughs> I was like, everyone probably killed someone and they all think I have a drinking problem. And I was like sinking so deep in my chair. And my friend yesterday texted me and was like, all I was thinking was that like, how is how am I going to explain to Molly that I stood up and ran out of this theater (laughs) and like took an Uber home? And I've never seen someone get into an Uber so quickly in my life. But can I tell you my embarrassing edible movie story? Of course. So I like I can't smoke weed. Like I've always been that person. I just like it doesn't work with my brain. And occasionally I'll like just be like, ah, maybe maybe I'm different now. Mm -hmm. Um, but my boyfriend and I started doing this thing where we'd take like a hit of weed yeah. and then watch a bad movie. The best one is the new Point Break. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? No, like I haven't. It's because Point Break is one of my favorites. So but I'm like so upset this, they remade it. I know, it. but it's so good. Bad, like it's okay. they're like eco warriors. Okay, but also extreme athletes. It's okay. so good. Anyway, we did this with some <laughs> friends um, to go see Warcraft. Okay, the fucking worst movie of all time. And no, I know that is. Like, I had taken like a hit or two and I was like definitely like a little bit stoned and was like this is a mistake I shouldn't have done that we get there we meet our friends my friend Gareth is like I have gummy bears and I thought he meant regular gummy bears and I was like I want one and then someone pointed out that they were weed gummy bears yeah and I made this mental calculation where I was like I want the gummy bear badly enough that I will take the THC repercussions no because it and then i even taste did like a gummy and it was bear fucking awful. i could have just waited two minutes to go inside and buy candy what kind of gummy was it like did it what i think i know the gummies that you're talking about because they're kind of famous like there's this one place in silver lake that people get them you can't find them anywhere else and they are like the strongest fucking things ever jackie was johnson apparently not that strong but for me i was like this is but I really, literally, just wanted the candy, which is super. Amazing. I know, and it doesn't. Even, but it doesn't even taste like the candy. No, it was like, a terrible mistake. That's my issue with edibles. Is I have like I'll go and get like donuts or like some weird edible at the store because I got my weed card last summer. I was in a relationship for a while where like my boyfriend wouldn't let me smoke weed, and for some reason, I know I, you cocked your head like I you did. Should. I made a face because, by the way, that's the face that I should have been making the entire time myself. Instead, yeah. I was like, I love you. I'll be in a relationship with you. Just tell me what to do. And I was and, just like side eyeing. And Christina was so upset like and of course none of this comes out till we're all broken up so um but my best friend ed like in order to get me out of my breakup funk like was like we're gonna go and get you your weed card and i was like okay and like which was like low-key the most genius move because it got me out of bed it felt rebellious and now i have a medical marijuana card which i should have had this whole time like i don't know why being the stoner that i was for all those years i was like sneaking around buying weed from weird guys named bear in a mcdonald's parking lot but i just was um so oh by the way if i don't make eye contact with you it's because it helps me think because i'm probably autistic so um now i'm just gonna stare at you creepily and intimidate you hi chill out buddy He's upset about my weed card. So um, I started doing tons of edibles and um, 
it's just like you just realize everything tastes like weed and it's not good. Yeah, it's, no, it's awful. And I hate the taste of weed. Like I hate a friend who's like a big stoner told me that like you can smell weed and if you have like an adverse reaction, like it's not – you're not going to – it's not going to go well for you. Okay. And every time I've ever smelled any weed, I've hated it. I need to just not ever do that. I'm going to make a pact right here. I never thought of that. You're exactly right. But it's like right. your body like knows. Yeah, your body is totally good for it knows. And what isn't. I think that's why I hate watermelon. Like I think I'm secretly allergic to it. Everyone else loves watermelon. I don't. I must People be... are allergic to watermelon. That's People, I mean maybe it's me. Uh, can I ask like what happens to you? Like why doesn't it agree with your body or like what? I am like super panicky all the time uh and that just doesn't help with panic attacks. You're obviously. naturally high energy. Yeah, I'm naturally like my brain is just like naturally in a place that's like very close to freaking out all the time so like any slight push yeah and i'm just staring at like the orcs in warcraft being like i'm having an existential crisis are you a panic attack person oh my god the worst are you super medicated yes okay definitely i finally dealt with it like 10 years ago eight years ago and was like no i'm like functional like i'm like so much better i only have like occasional panic attacks but it used to be Super bad. So you're on Klonopin. Do you take an antidepressant? Yeah, I take okay uh, to no, <laughs> totally, no, no, whatever. Uh, I take Zoloft and then Klonopin when I'm getting panic. And they're like, I'm so much less anxious. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that I should just be like, well, now I'm just going to smoke a lot of weed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not. No, 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 it's true. You shouldn't. Um, I have, I've been dealing with panic attacks forever. And I was talking to this guy, God, on Tinder the other day. And he said, I said to him, I said, oh, I'm like getting hypnotized for my anxiety on Thursday. I can't go on a date. And which is a really (laughs) great line and like letting you know what you're getting into. And um, he was like, oh, I have anxiety as well. He's like, I have panic attacks. He's like, but I've um, never taken medicine for them. And I'm like, then you don't have panic attacks. Because if you had panic attacks, the first thing you'd be doing is like hitting like the escape button any way you can. So when I was like first dealing with like all of my shit, because it is like gotten to a point where I was like I should have really addressed this like as a child yeah um but I actually like took this class mm-hmm. basically that was like a panic attack class where like and it's amazing <laughs> where it just teaches you like how it's like and it was just like so funny with all of these like weirdos we're all super anxious in this room and like the doctor <laughs> I know it was the weirdest thing now I'm like I'm gonna write this as a pilot yeah. uh no the doctor basically like went through and described like how every single symptom of a panic attack is just your body in like fight or flight response mm-hmm. and that helped so much being like well this is why like my heart is racing it's because my body's like gearing up to run and like this is why like all of these things primal so brain I'm like girl. I know that I'm not gonna die yeah that's an important thing I just learned all about my primal brain in my hypnotherapy session and I was like so embarrassed by it I was like how obvious yeah. like how obvious that like I'm just literally like the caveman inside of me is afraid it's gonna die yeah that's uh, what everything boils down to it's terrible did you bring three reasons why you're qualified to give advice i did okay my first reason is that i wrote that book about somebody who makes a bunch of bad choices Mm -hmm. i'm like all right i won't make those i know what bad choices not to make did you make Uh, those choices i made only a couple of those choices and then i took that character to its like logical extreme Mm -hmm. as a way of like not having to make those choices Mm -hmm. um my second reason is that i am raising a very handsome, wonderful, empathetic dog. You do who have sometimes a wears a bow tie. And you do have a very cute dog from everything I've seen on social. He's super cute. And he's very sweet. He has a great name too. His name is Bigfoot. He's, he's probably the second greatest dog name after Wagon Stuff. I mean, naturally. Um, no, it's a really good dog name. Um, I actually was like a little jealous of it. You know, when you get pet envy name, like pet name envy, when you like see someone's new animal and they have like a great animal name and you're like, 
fuck why it's, didn't I think it's of like that? one of the best things i've done i think it's really figuring out one. that dog name and Big i think it foot. really suits him because he's like a weird little like low to the ground dude how like, old is he now he's two and a half how big is he he's 35 pounds but he's like little he's just dense okay he's like a pit mix so he's like he should be bigger. I think he's a pit basset hound. Isn't that weird? That is weird. It's the weirdest combination. How does that relationship happen? I, I don't, don't think know. A, I think relationship is the wrong term. No, but like I wonder that too. Like when there's like a gigantic dog and a chihuahua mix, I'm like, what the fuck? How, like yeah. how did like, this how? happen? Did she consent? But like, like what happened? I, in my brain, Bigfoot's, because like I don't know. He's obviously like he was a shelter dog. But like in my brain, Bigfoot's mom is the pit and the dad is the basset. Mm-hmm. And they just, okay. right? That, that makes the sense. funnier way. That makes sense. Of course, it's a much <laughs> then, like, more pitbull rape pleasurable yeah. way. No, I know. That's like when I like finally put together at the age of thirty-one that the fact that I have a, a like a large piece of Native American heritage is probably is not a savory yeah. thing. Totally. Um, okay, number three. Number three <laughs> is that one time at Starbucks. The barista wrote Rihanna okay. on my cup, <laughs> and I've been carrying that confidence ever since. That's really good. It was That's a really such good, a good one. <laughs> I was unreasonably excited. Do you think that they were just like taking liberties, or that they completely misheard? You? I think they totally missed. I've only gotten, and I like drink an absurd amount of coffee. Mm-hmm. I've ordered at Starbucks hundreds and hundreds of times. I've gotten my actual name spelled right twice. Okay, uh, so like I think they just were like, "Well, sounds close enough," but it felt so. Yeah, that probably did feel really, really, really good. Awesome. You're right. You must have the hardest Starbucks name. Yeah, there's no one. One person one time asked, and then two people actually got it right. And like, that's it. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I have been thinking, though, that I need to stay away from caffeine generally. Like, if I'm already having panic right. attacks, I'm down to one coffee a day because I used to just be like, yeah, I I've must need had more like of this. Yeah, I three today. So I was like really <laughs> groggy. And I, so it's, yeah, it's What time great. did you wake up? What time do you wake up in the morning? So I woke up today earlier than I usually. I woke up at nine, but I usually, I'm a, I like, so I'm writing a new book right now. And when I'm in like writing mode, I will sometimes just write until four or five in the morning and then mm-hmm. sleep till like eleven. Uh, that's okay. like my ideal schedule is to flip day and night. Yeah. Um. But damn, girl, I've yeah. been waking up at four thirty in the morning Why? ever since I got hypnotized. What? Seriously? Yeah, because I like my goals for hypnosis were like I want to be I need to be better about getting up and like actually yeah. making myself presentable because even though I don't need to, you look leave- great. Thanks. You're like all done up. I am. Oh, thank you. I did. I did. I do put makeup on before the pod sometimes, but I and I'm wearing false eyelashes, which is just like thanks. Them. Um, they're very draggy, and I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> but um, I I was like, I want to be like presentable, even though I'm not leaving the house, just right. because like you know, if the mailman should come by or something, and also it's just good for my mental state to be That's like. That's how I feel. I always feel like a little bit more just like yeah. I showered today. Exactly. And I did my hair, and like no one had to see it, but I saw it, yeah. and I felt better about myself. And I wanted to make sure that I was like drinking juice first thing in the morning because for a while I was waking up and juicing every day and I was feeling a lot better about myself and I had like nutrients in my body and I was less hungry throughout the day. I like make bad food decisions. I woke up the other night and (laughs) oh my God, I woke up the other morning and I found the remnants of what was me must have been cooking like pigs in the blanket, like stoned <laughs> at a, like, I think it was probably like one in the morning and there was like a bowl of mustard and an abandoned tray of oh, pigs in the blanket. No. And like, and I was just like, why what did you happened? do this to yourself? Yeah. Like, and I went to a psychic who said to me, like, I was like, what are my biggest problems? Like, tell me what my biggest problems that I'm going to face are. And she's like, 
I'm seeing you like checked out in front of your refrigerator, just like eating. And I'm like, I like don't eat. I was like, why do you like, why would that be my problem? And then I realized that's secretly like stoned as fuck. Like just like being like, I'm going to have pigs in a blanket at 11 p.m. I'm like a late night pizza order all the time. Oh my God. Can I actually, I have an advice question for you. Yeah. Because I just remembered this on the drive over. Okay. This happened a couple years ago. Okay. I ordered late night pizza. Like Mm -hmm. I ordered a pizza just, you know, by myself just for me as one does. Um, it arrived. I tip the guy. He leaves. I bring the pizza in. I put it on the counter. I open it up, and there's a slice missing. What would you do in that scenario? I would immediately call the police. <laughs> I would immediately call the police. I mean, I would just call and be like, "Why? Like, either the driver needs to be reported." Oh, I thought you just called, said the police. No, no, no. And I was like, "That's insane." No, no, no. I would call the police. No, you call the pizza place. I would call the pizza yeah. place and be like. Either there's something that was lost in translation. Like you, uh, like the the pizza man ate my. I mean, that is so. Weird. I know, isn't it weird? See, my I just like laughed and Instagrammed it. But the thing is, like, I don't want to get the guy in trouble. I don't want to reprimand. I'm like, good for you, kind of. I just want to know what happened. I don't think he would do that because this is like when something is missing in your apartment. You just like assume the cleaning lady stole it. Like, I don't think. But like, the pizza how else man, did the? But but like a pizza. Like, this is my thought. Uh huh. So. Obviously, they I they they might have confused it with the pizza they were selling by the slice. No, it was like not that kind of fancy pizza place. It was like Domino's or some bullshit. Oh, okay, so that's yeah. Like no, for I have sure, no he took the ha- pizza. I have no idea what happened. That is abusive, and actually. it wasn't like stuck to the roof of the box. Oh no, it was like a piece was had was <laughs> no, missing because I checked. I can't remember where I heard this story, but someone was saying that like they like lifted up the lid and saw a slice was missing and bitched out someone. Uh, and then it was on the, the lid. Pizza, and it was under, it was like the cheat, it was stuck underneath the lid. That's fully embarrassing because they didn't even really open the box. They just came in hot for no reason. And that's a thing where I'm just like, I don't know. It could have been like the person like putting it in like from the oven or like, I don't know. Who, and I don't really care. Like, I'll it's wonder just about funny, this forever. But I just want to know what happened. I'm actually angry that you told me I'm this sorry. because now this is my burden as well. And I'm going to wonder I'm really about sorry, this. But I wanted to, I was like, I wonder what another person would have done. Probably not just Instagram it. No, I. I'm probably I mean I would have made a phone call for sure and just been like hey like what happened yeah um but, but you know what? Why I kind of part of the reason I didn't do that because I didn't want them to like come yeah, back right. and take my pizza away and then have to give me. I was like, I just, just want to eat this pizza now. I don't think they'd revoke your pizza. No, but I mean, like, if they're like, oh, we'll replace it and bring you a new one. Did you eat it anyway? Yeah, of course. Okay, because I'm glad that you weren't one. I hate people that are like, ew, that means someone touched it. And I'm, I'm like, like, okay. People have put their fingers all oh, over yeah. your goddamn like, pizza. Have you been to a restaurant ever? Place. Yeah. That like, would have been me. Actually, I would have been like, I don't know what else they did to this pizza. Yeah, I know. I know. See, and I just I can't go there because. Then you have to think about every, how every, everyone yeah. interacts and then you with just all of can't your function. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. My greatest mystery in life, recent mystery, which is like these two Japanese women. I tweeted about this. These two Japanese women at Rite Aid were screaming at each other over um, a crunchy peanut butter Atkins <laughs> granola bar box at Rite Aid, That's and amazing. I was like, "Why do I have to see this? I don't speak Japanese. I have no what idea why they'd be yeah. yelling at each other." Was and there I, only one left? No, it was like a brand new box. And I think that they were like, they might have been arguing over ingredients or something like that. But like, 
I can't imagine. It was like, but also it was Atkins. So I'm like, is right. it a diet thing or is it a sale thing? Like, and it just, it or is it just like totally unrelated and it's some other personal stuff? Well, that's definitely what it is. Yeah. I mean, no matter what it is. And then, so then I started to be like, what's their dynamic at home? Yeah. And like, also, are they mother daughter? Are they sisters? Like, I couldn't really figure right. it out. It was all very vague. Oh and God. it just, the vagueness of certain situations is what really haunts right? me. Right. I just like, I just, like, they stay with you forever. I need something to be black and white mm-hmm. or I can't move on no speaking of let's move on to our calls yeah great transition hey malls my name is ashley i am a longtime listener and fan of your show and uh, both of your shows now i'm loving it um so i haven't called in a while i did call a couple years ago and i'm at an interesting point in a new relationship of mine so i thought i needed some advice and i might try you out um so I have been dating this guy, and we've had the most unexpected connection, and it's happened really quickly. Um, we just get along like we've known each other for six years. Like, it's it's been very um, unusual and awesome. I mean, I'll, I'll say there is an age difference. I'm 31. He's 48. He's divorced with two children. I've already met them. Um Here's the thing that I'm having an issue with. He's, um, and I'm not, usually I don't care about these kinds of things, but I do feel self-conscious in our relationship. He wants to meet my family, and he comes from a family that's worth half a mil, half a million, or I'm sorry, half a billion. Six wife family are billionaires. His, his lifestyle is just crazy. Um, he's very connected. He's very out there in the scene in New York. But he's not a shallow, superficial person at heart, which is great. I could never date him otherwise. My family, on the other hand, are just total total disasters. Um, I don't even talk to them, really. I am somewhat close to my mom, and I am close to my brother. Um, they're very working class. They're very um, well-intended at times, but they're, they're toxic, and they are – there's many divorces, which is – you know, whatever, there's there's addicts, there's people who just don't have it together. And I'm on a track in life where, you know, I'm starting my own company. I'm I'm a hustler. I'm hardworking. I've worked my way up in my career. I work really hard. And that's, you know, my, my new guy I'm seeing. And I get along really well, but I'm, I'm so scared to introduce him to my family. Um, I don't know if that's, if you have any advice for this how I should approach it or what I can do to put it off or I mean I, I haven't been too open with him and he keeps saying you're guarded, you're guarded. Well the reason I'm guarded is because I'm afraid of talking about my childhood, my family. I was raised by abusers, like it's just um it's tough to meet somebody who comes from such a different background and your your common ground ground is your connection to each other and it's real. But it's also scary. Um, if you have advice for this position I'm in, and I would love to hear it. Um, I don't want to push him away. I like this. I like this guy. Um, please advise. Um, okay, so this guy's like 50. First of all, I, actually, let me just correct you. I have three podcasts. My third podcast is Mother May I Sleep With podcast, and it's all about Lifetime original movies. We cover a new Lifetime original movie each week, and it's fantastic. So you should go subscribe and listen to that with your 50-year-old boyfriend. Um, but 
How can you be like super connected to someone and not be able to say to them, this is my childhood, this is my background, and this is who I am? Not who I am, but who I was and who I'm moving forward from. Right? How could you? Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, I think that, you know, I, so I'm like, I have this exact same situation basically where like my boyfriend's family is like, they live in a castle basically, and I grew up in a house. And it was like, definitely this thing of like, is this going to be weird? Uh, And, you know, it's not like if he's not dating you because he thinks that you're someone you're not, he knows who you are, you know, and he likes you for who you are. And it's kind of like that stuff, I guess. Let's take all the money stuff and put the money. Let's shelve the money and like shelve that part because money will always fuck your brain up. Let's look at the part of this. This is like, you know, to me, I have any relationship I've ever been in where a guy doesn't either A, want to hear the truth about my life or B, take my desire to stay away from something more seriously. I have a complicated situation, family situation myself. I grew up with a single mom. I grew up with like a dad that wasn't around, but that was because I was like, I don't want you to be around. Um, And it's, and that's a unique situation. And I've dated a lot of guys who were like borderline obsessed with like, while my dad was alive, um, reconnecting me with my father. Mm -hmm. And, um, borderline like you know we're also not interested in hearing like hey look like I kind of don't do this thing I don't want to have a traditional wedding I don't have a traditional family like all of that stuff just makes me fucking uncomfortable like thinking about how I'm different from everyone and I just really want to be myself and like do my own thing and I feel like if your boyfriend is 50 years old and you can't tell him like hey I grew up in an abusive situation with alcoholics I they're toxic people I don't talk to them. Your insistence upon meeting them is a little bit weird for me. Like he is moving. He He's basically lacking some serious empathy for you because he's moving forward thinking that meeting your family is just like meeting any other family of any other girl he's ever dated. Maybe even can, assuming that your family is like his family because all families must be somewhat normal at the end of the day. But you really, really don't feel that way. And the fact that he can't hear that or that you maybe haven't taken time to explain that to him, maybe tells me that there's not as much of a connection and honesty in your relationship as you think. And I do think that you sound like really enamored with his lifestyle. And I I would say that I think he doesn't want to meet your family because he really cares about meeting your family. He wants to meet your family because he wants to get to know you better and he wants to maybe cement this relationship more. But I don't think the actual facts of your family – are as important as you're making them out to be. Do you think though that if for, for Ashley, for like getting closer to her family, like that for her, that's a sense of safety to stay away from her. family, Right. And I think if the issue is like, I want to know that like, you know, your family knows about me and that like, I'm important to you. Like, I think there are other ways to make that clear. Yeah. That is what's going on there than to have to put yourself in the situation that you don't want to be in. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I definitely like, I'm, I'm split on this because I see your side of it, but I'm also, cause I, I see Liana's side of it where it's like, you sh- yeah, like he just wants to get to know your family. And that sounds really normal, but that can also come from a very like manipulative place sure. and also a very insensitive place I- where it's like, I assume you're um, all families are families and I just want to get to know you. And she's actually like, dude, I'm like trying to like 
live my life and like start a business and get away from these toxic people that she's only 31. He's 48. Like she's at 31 years old. You're just coming out of your return of Saturn. Like you're just like becoming cementing your adulthood and like really owning yourself and walking through life with your dukes up, like fighting for your fighting for what you want to be in the future. And I think if part of that is staying away from your family, he should understand that. Yeah. I mean, I think the other thing is that like meeting the family is a rite of passage in a relationship. And I think that's, but that's no, like saying, it doesn't have to be. I'm saying okay, okay. in his mind, right. he's probably a little bit right. scared thinking like if she doesn't want me to meet her family, maybe it's because she's not that serious. About or me. like the Craigslist killer where it's like there's right. a reason exactly. why. Yeah. And that's, and I think part of it is just to like, I think just talking about talking is always the answer, right? Just talking about mm-hmm. things. But like, explaining that it isn't, you know, because you're trying to hide him. It isn't because you're not serious about him. It's because you genuinely don't want to be around your family. And I think it sounds like she maybe was a little bit wary of saying those things to him. I think that's a different issue because I think that's the thing where it's like. That's a scary thing is that you can't be afraid. Anytime you're afraid to tell someone, the person that you're in love with and like trust with your life in some ways and like. Uh, is like your partner like anytime you're afraid to tell them something about fundamentally about who you are that's a really big sign it's not saying like hey by the way I fucked your best friend of course anyone should feel uncomfortable saying that um I think that hey dude like my family has some Al-Anon shit going on like I am really uncomfortable around them I don't want to fly to the Midwest with you my love and like hang out with a bunch of people that depress the fuck out of me. Like, I don't know how that's going to progress our relationship and here's the other thing: or benefit me if as a person. you say those things and he is weird about it, then th- this is a bad guy. Right. And then you know. Exactly, you know? exactly. Like, no one, even the amount of money he has, if he doesn't, like, respect you and who you are and where you came from, you don't want to be with this guy. I mean, I think at 31, too, though, I just don't get too wrapped up in the money because I definitely I feel like I can't date it like a broke loser. So like whenever I meet a guy that has any sort of status, sorry, that sounds horrible. But like I can't date a guy that has his zero shit together because I just can't respect that. And like I'm afraid he's going to try and steal my house from me. Um, But when I I think that you can get really like caught up with what looks good on paper sometimes and even if something looks good on paper, if there if the fundamentals of like what your relationship would be like if you were just two broke randoms in the middle of the country, like I I feel like she's paying too much credence to where he's from. Yeah, like, too much. It's it's too much. Like you have to imagine what your relationship would be like if you were both just quote unquote normal people, and if you were Macy from Teen Mom or something, and and her boyfriend just like p- just picturing a random person in America. And the boyfriend was super insistent upon meeting her parents. I'd be like, this is weird. I've told you 27 times, like, my family's fucked up. I don't want to be around them. Take all of his status, all of everything else, any intimidation you have around that aside. If he's not listening to you and you say, I don't want to do this and there's a good reason why, I mean, sorry, toxic, addiction, abuse, like, that's those are good reasons to stay away from someone. And anyone who loves you should, I think, facilitate you staying away from those things and not be so selfish that they are like, well, no, I need to meet your family because that's the tradition. Like, that's that's kind of an asshole move. And he's 50 years old. He should under... I mean, I'm going to just shorthand it. When you're 48, you're 50. When you're 48, you're 75. Let's just face it. Like, once you're there, you're there. When you're 51, you're dead. Yeah. But, so I just... um I 
I really feel like he's old enough that he should understand this. And but have- you, Ashley, need to tell him this in order for him to be able to understand it. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I, I, you know what? I hate, I hate, I hate the kids dating thing. I hate. I think I feel like if you have kids that, unless they're over eighteen, you really should not be dating. <laughs> I do. That's my Dr. Laura. That's my inner Dr. Laura. It's like you, the relationship you chose was to be a parent and you need to not be bringing people in and out of your kids' lives. I think Sorry. you should be careful about when you introduce your kids to your significant other. I think a lot of people do it too soon. I um, went on a I, – listen, I'll tell you this. I'll yeah. tell you this. I fucking dumped someone's ass before I even met them because they were like – their whole shtick on Tinder was like, I'm a single dad. And I was like, okay, I got it. You have to put that out there because that's a lot of people are going to bump on the fact that you're a divorced single dad to begin with. That's okay. Um, We were going to go on a drink state and I was in Palm Springs and I was going to drive back the next day just because I was supposed to drive back anyway. And I texted him and I was like, hey, like just confirming tomorrow night, like uh, can we meet at like seven or something? And he was like, he sent me a picture of his child. Whoa. And he said, this is Hernando. He's the reason why I can't meet you until 830. Uh, And and I was like, and I felt so sickened by it because I was like, yo, dude, like you cannot use your child. Like you can't bring your child. super gross. And I said to him, I was like, I am the child of single of single parents. Like if my mom like was leading with me like this, how does I want to know how he interacts with you and his kids? That's another thing that I really would like to know, Ashley, if you want to hit us back with some information on that, because in the way that a guy introduces his kids to you is very, very, very important because it shows Kind of, um, well, the way that a parent treats their kids in general shows like the content of their character and especially how they're going to treat you if that's how they treat their own flesh I and mean, blood. I mean, my boyfriend has a nine-year-old daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's divorced and he did it perfectly. Like, I'm the first girl. Because I'm like, we're, we're, we live together. We're pretty serious. And like, I'm like really the first girl that she's met. And like, he did it in this way where like, we met several times under very like easy, casual circumstances. Mm-hmm. I was trying so hard before he actually told her that like I was his girlfriend, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is like the smart way to do it. Like to just ease it in, like let us form a relationship as friends. And then how long did you wait? Or he wait before we met? Yeah, the kids. Oh, I he waited definitely until like we were serious. Six months? Yeah, I would say definitely. That's I think that's months. like a good yeah. – I think that's good because I feel like I remember my mom would bring home like third dates and be like, this is my daughter. And like they would just be like having a beer at the kitchen or something. But like I would be like weirded. I would, I'm, I'm sensitive to it for that reason because it's like you just don't want people tracking in and out of your – I know. No. It sounds like you guys like I never spent the night home. until like he talked to her about it first and like all these things. That like yes. he's just, he does it so well and like – yeah. Well, it sounds like your guy might be very different from this guy, though. He's a really, really good one. Is he? I mean, he's not like holding a gun to your head over meeting your family, right? I mean, he's not my family and they love him. Right. Um, yeah. But it's but, like, it's not a thing no. that, like, if you were uncomfortable, if you were uncomfortable because your family, I think you, I think I've heard you talk about your family. I think you have, like, you're, co- you're close with your yeah, family, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, this girl, it's like complete opposite. I feel like totally. if you went to your boyfriend and said, yo, like, my family is fucked up, I'm uncomfortable. Do you think he would still want to meet your family or do you think he'd be like, cool, got it? I mean, I would imagine if there was ever a situation where I was like, I am uncomfortable with this in any way, mm-hmm. if it's deemed that it's actually would be bad for me, there's no way he'd want it, you know, unless it's like something where it's like, I mean, he definitely gets on my back about like, you know, the things that I don't want to do because I'm scared 
that I need to be doing. Like that's a different thing. But yeah. And I'm so dysfunctional. I'm sitting here thinking, why are you starting a business and dating? Like you should just be (laughs) starting your business. Like this is not the time for you to even be in a relationship. Sorry is half a billion dollars. Although I'm sure that's very attractive. Um, all right. Well, Ashley, I'm sure we didn't help you out at all, but maybe you could have taken (laughs) something from that. I I think think maybe the takeaway is that like, it's totally fine to not want someone to meet your parents. Yeah. You just have to be honest about it. And if he's pushing for it, then he's not the guy for you. But also, yo, quick connections is sometimes a really bad sign as well. And I went through that in therapy the other day when I was talking about like a relationship I'm not necessarily over. And she was like, the the quick connection should have been sign number one. Like you're supposed to kind of ease into these things and get to really know someone and like – Quick connections can especially and then I don't know. I don't I don't like this guy for you, Ashley. I'm gonna be honest. I, I feel the same, but I don't know why. Maybe that's just, just judgmental. Maybe we have like preconceived ideas of what a fifty year old billionaire with two kids would be like, but you don't you don't feel the same. No, I'm saying I, I agree, you agree with you and maybe because <laughs> I mean like oh who wouldn't be charmed by that? Yeah. Right? Totally. It's very like money and security is very charming. Success is very charming. Um you know, it sounds like, you know, I mean, I don't know, people it just like that intoxicating feeling of a relationship is can be very dangerous. So maybe even wait a little bit longer till you I don't know. I don't the situation's a mess. This is actually my nightmare relationship. Sorry. Um, call me back, <laughs> Ashley. Let me know how things are going. I need to know more details. I need a lot more details. OK, next call. Hey, Mold. It's a long time listener. First time caller. My name's Val. I'm 30. Um, got a bit of a boyfriend problem, duh. So I've been dating this guy for a year. Oh, I know I'm going to give you a little bit of background. I hate background. I make it as fast as possible. So uh, he's trans. Um, he transitioned when he was 19. I knew him as a woman. Thought he was super cute as a woman. Transitioned to a dude. Thought he was super cute as a dude. So we first got together when he was like 20 and I was like 22. Needless to say, when someone just transitions and is discovering new parts of themselves, maybe not a good idea to be in a relationship. We were together on and off for about three years and called things quits. Had about a four to five year hiatus. The whole time he was regretting it. I was thinking about him all the time. Lots of regretsies. And so uh, he contacted me basically, you know, apologizing for everything. I waited a year to get back to him, but I eventually did uh, after thinking about it for a long time and for many other reasons. And so we got back together, basically. Uh, I contacted him, long story short, for dating. Fast forward, it's a year now. We're going through really hard times. Um, His mom got diagnosed with cancer about, uh, I'd say like seven months ago, six months ago was really brutal. Um, she's in remission now, but needless to say, it had devastating effects on him. Him and her are very close. He's a mama's boy. And um, yeah, really devastating for him. So it kind of has fucked up our relationship. It's made him totally drained and asexual and just basically completely feeling lost and not too sure if, you know, what's going on with him. So he doesn't even know the, what he needs. And basically in this kind of void, that kind of middle ground where we don't know if we're going to break up or stay together, but breaking up would be so devastating for both of us, but he's not too sure that 
you know, his needs and wants are going to be mutually compatible with mine. You know, he's bisexual, um, so he kind of does miss uh, sleeping with men, but I'm the only person he's ever been in love with, and he can't be in love with men. He can only be sexual towards them. Anyway, so he's not too sure if that's going to be a problem when the dust is settled. He's just basically not sure about what he wants and needs. He's just super drained. So I guess my question is, you know, do I stick around? Do I continue to put my love and investment into this person who loves me very much back and going to counseling and he's going to counseling? We're really trying to make it work, but it's like, do I keep on investing in something that might blow up in my face or do I just leave now, you know, what do I do? Anyway, he says that he still is in love with me and wants to still try to make it work, but he's just not sure what the end result will be. Um, So I kind of either have to just be content with that or move on kind of, you know, thinking about what if everything worked out. I don't know. Anyway, thanks. Bye. Please advise. This is our first trans relationship drama. I'm so glad I'm here for it. I know. Me too. I'm so glad I'm here for it. Well, I, out trans. We out trans. It could have been a trans in That's the mix true. before and they trans just weren't. The mix. Yeah. There's definitely trans. Yeah, there's trans probably drama. trans yeah. drama in the mix. But um, <laughs> I, okay. Um, I always say it's really important to me that people call and they say their gender, their location, and their sexuality. Because those three things are the most Um, pertinent to me when I'm giving advice but I want to take the trans out of this equation which might surprise some people because it seems like that might be some sort of important thing here I don't think this relationship is working I think that you guys might have gotten back together because um sometimes it can be scary to be alone in the world and you need to go back to the person that last made you feel comfortable. And it sounds almost like you guys are using each other as security blankets. Um, like again, trans aside, sex aside, like you are not having your sexual needs met because you said he's basically being a sexual toward you. Um, he shut down emotionally. Obviously he's going through a very hard time, but like Val, you sound miserable. Like your voice is like, you're sad. And I don't want that for you. You're only 30 years old. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you can't be with somebody who isn't sure if they want to be with you. That's not fair. If they're not sure if they want to be with you, then you got to get out of it. You know, you owe it to yourself to be with somebody who is sure they want to be with you and understands that sometimes it's hard. And that's a different thing. Right. Um, But, you know, it sounds like you are the one doing all the compromising in this relationship and that's not fair. And that doesn't mean that you can't continue to, you know, to be supportive of somebody that you care about who's going through hard times, but it's just, yeah, I mean, you, again, like, you sound really unhappy in this relationship. It sounds like right now is not the time for you guys to be together, unfortunately. I also wonder, and I don't want this to sound like harsh toward you because it's like almost taking away some sort of credit from you or something, but I feel like, your dating pool is made a little bit more narrow when you're gay. It's made a little bit yeah. more narrow when there's some other sort of thing. When you're when you're a trans person, your dating pool, people who are willing to date you at this point where our society is at, it's just very it's a very small pool. And I think that you are someone that has always been accepting of him and you've always loved him for who he is and he I think that part of him might be hanging on mm-hmm. to you because he knows that you are someone that accepts him. And that might be a harder thing to find somewhere else than almost anything else. And 
I don't know if that's fair. Like, Christina, do you feel like that's a fair statement? Uh, yeah, I mean, without knowing this, the trans person here and personally or having them call in, I would really love to hear his perspective on the, all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is a fair assessment to make. Uh, the dating pool is very small. Yeah. And um, you might be holding on to each other for purposes that, I mean, it's like having a friend that you've had since like high school that you've outgrown. Totally. It's like the comfort is there, but Mm -hmm. you no longer serve each other in the present tense of it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially romantically. I just never know if that's something that I'm putting on people because it's like, I've never lived like a gay experience or a queer experience. So I don't know what it's like to be in that dating pool at all, but I always assume it's much smaller. And so therefore like, you know, just having your, um, options narrowed in any way is a scary thing. I think what we all want in life is options. Yeah, I mean, I can't speak for the trans community of it all. You um, can't? No, I can't. <laughs> um, Christina! I don't know. <laughs> Do but you know I'm saying, like, in the, in the dating pool of women that I've encountered, yeah. yeah, it's small. Everybody knows each other. Yeah. And it's and also, like, yeah. I mean, anyone that you met when you're 20, you're going to have a different relationship with. Like, that's somebody that you knew when you were still putting trans aside like when you're still becoming a person becoming who you are and that's somebody who kind of knew you at your Mm -hmm. most insecure and there's a comfort in being accepted by that person yeah we have so many people call who are like trying to grapple with like moving apart from their group of friends from middle school and it's like girl you're 33 like the fact that it's lasted this long either you're living in a state of delusion or you've been really fucking lucky yeah um yeah, trans aside. I think you really got to put trans aside. And, and that is – that's for you too, Val. Like what a cool – like ex- I mean I that's like – I don't know. I think I, I you sound really awesome, but I think that you need to not lead – when you're describing your relationship, I think that you probably should – thank you for telling me what this, this situation was. But I think you have to start putting putting all of that stuff aside and just talking about yourself as people because – you as a person are very unhappy and your needs are not being met and it has nothing to do with your boyfriend's um, gender journey. Yeah. And it sounds like they're both going to trying to go to therapy to help each other out. But I mean, what do we think about therapy for couples that aren't married? Me personally, you there for it? I think it can help communication wise if you're having communication problems or just like, you know, everybody loves differently. And it can offer a lot of clarity uh, mm-hmm. for people to accept the different ways other people love. Because you can't force people to love you the way you want to be loved. Right. You um, can't? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, you can't be like, oh, I wish you were more affectionate with me. People don't – some people just aren't affectionate. And you can't force people to be that but way. But you can – I think you can You can say that, like, I would prefer more affection and then talk about that and compromise on it. And I think yeah, that's yeah, yeah. where but I think something therapy like therapy mm-hmm. helps with that. Yeah. yeah, Love languages. My mom and I had a scream fight about that, like, on my back porch here last week where she was like, you don't love me. And I'm like, I show love differently than you. Um, <laughs> so it was very – it was, like, so gnarly. It was like she couldn't leave town without fighting with me. And so, like, she just went – like, came downstairs, like, and was like, you don't love me. And I was like, what? Like, I just went to Britney Spears with you. I can't love anyone any more than that. Um, <laughs> um, so I'm broken. But Val, you are, uh, I think you're going to be a much happier person if you give yourself some distance. And if you guys were able to come back together 
before know that there's always hope for that in the future i personally think that couples should go into therapy after their first date um but i <laughs> that's kind of just my thought i feel like you should be integrating a third brain what about a first beginning. date at therapy i think that's good right i think that's good yeah. i almost went on a um first date moving my stuff into a public storage unit because i <laughs> was like i can just this guy looks strong and i can get him to move yeah. his stuff and also if we can do this together i should you probably just drive to vegas with him and marry or that wedding chapel in van nuys we were talking about earlier that's actually what that wedding chapel is for for people who meet at storage facilities absolutely we we, we made it through moving your sectional couch down a steep hill let's go to van nuys and get married then get tattoos um val call us back with um an update on this this is really cool you guys i'm i'm excited about this i probably should i think if i if i talk about how excited i am that we got a trans relationship call too much i go into no chill zone but um i'm very excited and also we have a new president by the time this is airing oh my god we have a new president that's so because this is coming out next wednesday And two, oh my god, I actually have chills. Oh my god, I've been thinking about this with every podcast I've been recording. Okay, Wags is so upset about the president. Come here, honey. It's okay. Either way, we're gonna be fine. We're staying in Glendale no matter what, Wags. (laughs) No one's moving to Canada. Um, But I've been thinking about that with every podcast that I've been recording. That like, Like when is it gonna be the new? Yesterday we did. She's too young. um, A lifetime movie about teens giving blowjobs at school and getting syphilis and there was like this huge syphilis outbreak and all I kept thinking the whole time I was watching it is like every comment that I'm making now is going to have a different tone to it when there's a new president yeah three weeks when it airs because we're going to know a lot more about our future in three weeks a huge piece of information about our future I know don't you Uh, just feel like you're walking around in the air is just like everything is so tense right now actually when this episode airs Barack is still going to well, well, well president-elect. We'll no, obviously. I mean, but we won't know because this pod comes out on uh, the 2nd of November. Oh, no. Oh, oh yeah. we won't know. Oh, oh sorry. No. Oh, no. Oh, God. Oh, oh God, we still no. won't know. We're we'll all still be all upset. Oh, man. Every morning I wake up and I just think, like, Donald Trump doesn't care about anyone. No. He doesn't care about anyone. That's, like, my first thought every morning. And I get so mad when I, like, scroll through tw- Twitter and I see any sort of – I mean, my bubble and is – Hillary cares about everyone. She just expresses love differently. She expresses love differently. Mom. Um <laughs> Maybe that's her problem. Like, America needs to learn how to accept that's her love. Exactly. Exactly right. That's exactly right. Oh, my God. Christina. She's not an affectionate. No, like, but no. she does love and she cares. She just Look shows at it Chelsea. in a different way. Chelsea is a beautiful young woman. She has far surpassed all of our expe- expectations, I think. Um I mean, I don't know. Did we have expectations for her? No, like her cat when she was a 14-year-old girl. No, not really. Um but yeah. Uh, okay. Well, sorry, Val. Hi, Malls and Christina and guests. My name is Heather. I am 31 and I'm from Atlantic City, New Jersey. I'm calling with a simple question, hoping you'll be able to help me. Um, my fiance and I are getting married next September. Um, he doesn't fly and um, that puts a damper on places we might be able to go on our honeymoon. I really want to go somewhere unique, uh, somewhere cool, um, but it's got to be somewhere in the U.S., somewhere that we can drive. And uh, I don't mind doing a road trip, um, but I'm just wondering if you have any suggestions of places that we might be able to go that would be cool and, um, like, 
we've been to a lot of places on the East Coast, so um, just looking for any suggestions you may have on places to travel in the U.S. Um, some are cool, some are romantic, unique for a honeymoon. Thank you. Bye. Is the theme of today's episode emotionally defeated 31-year-old women? <laughs> is that what today's episode is, Christina? Did I just figure it out? You know what? You know what? Uh, I'm on a personal journey, and maybe that's being reflected in the call. I know. Are you the emotionally disturbed 31-year-old Wait, I'm 31. Are, are we all 31 here? I'm 32. I'm oh, 30, you made it out. So I'm on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jesus Christ. Don't marry. Yeah. <laughs> don't accept someone who won't fly places. And when you said next September, I was like, next September 11th? Like, that's the only thing I could think of. I really have to say, girl, look, I've dated a guy who's parents whose dad didn't fly and it just it's it ruins your life like it just limits everything like imagine if you guys have a kid someday that if you live in good old Atlantic City New Jersey and a choice in and of itself and you have a kid that picks up and moves to California someday your husband has to take what a two-week road trip every single time he wants to see his own kid He's like um, on the Amtrak take a month of his life off of work every time he wants to visit his child like that's the most ridiculous I mean look and like yeah I feel like I'm very sympathetic to people with anxiety issues because I have a lot of sure. them but like here's the thing like you can get help for this you can treat this and, you know, if and I'm assuming that he hasn't really tried, it didn't sound like that. Maybe he has. But it's like, I think that's the first step is like, is there a way that he, as a wedding gift to you, I just, can yes. get a little bit of help with this problem? That's a significant problem and is really going to limit, you know, your future together. Try hypnosis. Take a Xanax. Take a little flight. Take a flight. I'm not even kidding you. Book a flight from Jersey to New York. Yeah. Like, and just see if he can take a 15 minute plane ride and see that it's not as bad as And like, things. maybe it won't be honeymoon time. Maybe this is something he needs to work on for a couple of years but like ask him to do this for you because it you're would be losing a travel partner yeah. like you're not going to be able to travel to cool places with you're going to have to find someone else to travel with essentially if you want to go anywhere cool in your life because he re- can't get on a plane you know yeah or like molly was saying like even just to visit people that you care about who live in other places i'm just gonna look up how many people were murdered in atlantic city last year also um, versus how many people died on airplanes because it's yes. none also fun fact you know who else is afraid of fight a fight uh you know who else is afraid of an flying? old man who turned 92 no <laughs> wait no Gold- that was the lottery sorry <laughs> i knew where you're going you. whoopi goldberg really really how did she get around um, she usually takes trains a lot, but sometimes if she has to fly, she'll be drugged up on like yeah. whatever and yeah, that's anxiety the thing. You can drugs. take enough pills to not even realize you're flying. Um, Should we not be recommended? But like your but husband anyway. is not Whoopi Goldberg. Like if your husband was Whoopi Gold- Goldberg and you guys had a fabulous life and you guys got to laugh together forever, great. But um, <laughs> yeah, there's um, I'm just googling murders in Atlantic City. There's a lot of murders. Okay. Between 2008 and 2011, one in every eight murders in Atlantic City took place at Trump's Taj Mahal Casino. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Well, that's loaded. doesn't exist anymore. It's shut down. Oh, right. Probably because all the murders. All the murders. And so I think you should also shut down this relationship because I don't <laughs> Here's know my other thing. If you are living in Atlantic City because you're a huge Springsteen fan, then I am 100% on board of this relationship. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is not a deal breaker for her. So like, let's try to find a good place for yeah, her. Yeah, because she has no self-esteem. Like, Heather, <laughs> don't you want to see the world? Like, do you want to have to wait to, to see the world when you take your 14-year-old daughter to Paris and your loser husband has to sit at home working at the top? 
factory that he works at or whatever. Like, sorry, <laughs> that just sounds terrible. What, what Bruce Springsteen background are you he writing for? At, this he company? works at a tire factory. There's no other option. And I just know I really I think that you are also grounding yourself. There's like a really interesting metaphor here for all of this. It's like you are mm. literally parking yourself in one place for the rest True. of your life. Places you can go in the United States to get married. I personally, I love Nashville. You can drive to Alaska. You could drive to Nova Scotia. That's not in the Montreal, US. Montreal. not in the US. But Montreal would be lovely. Gorgeous. So fun. And um, you can go to casinos. Um, and there's Newark. so many strip clubs. New York, of course. Newark. Oh, Newark. <laughs> Newark, New Jersey as well. Um, um, Austin, Texas is fun. One of my, oh, that's my favorite city. Um, even coming coming out to California, you can do a bunch of cities here. Yeah. Like you can hit up San Diego, Los Angeles, and Santa Barbara. But like a really long road trip right after you get married seems daunting to me. I mean, that would definitely prove to you whether or not you should be getting married. Like so beforehand, if, maybe. If you dump him on the drive out to Joshua Tree on the... I mean, I know that it took a... Fu- I mean, it took me 20... It was a 26-hour drive from LA to Dallas that I did last Thanksgiving. It took four days. Like, how much time can you guys take off work? That's and then also, like, question. what if you're just driving, you're not getting to do anything. Right. I mean, it is kind of nice. You can listen to audiobooks together. It's That's an true. opportunity to talk. You can stop at crazy kooky things, go to the petrified forest. One thing that I will say that I love on road trips that I don't think enough people take advantage of is how many national parks you can drive through as opposed to the highway and not enough people look into that. Like, Maybe like rent an RV if you're going to do it. That yeah. That could be a nice way to And bring some family or something. Like, I'll, I'll, this is also an imposition on everyone you know, and I hope you know that. Like... <laughs> That you like need to have a destination wedding because I think honeymoon she was saying. Oh, a honeymoon she's saying. Oh, I thought she was saying wedding. Oh, there's nowhere in the United States that's a that's a good honeymoon spot. Sorry. I thought this was just a wedding. I am sorry. Um I would get it. I'm I would not dump I would dump this man. That's that's also the theme of this podcast. Just dump your boyfriend. Um but no, I'm What's a really fun place like like Joshua Tree? I do think like even but that's some, so far, so far. But honeymoon? What's honeymoon? What about like Tampa? Cape Cod? Martha's oh, Cape Vineyard's nice. Martha's Vineyard's nice. You have to wait for a very specific time of year. September would not be good that's for that. True. September in in America. What is nice in September um, in America in September? That's not that's continental. Um, Certain places in Florida, I guess Miami. But like, don't go to Florida for your honeymoon. I know it. It bums me out. It bums me out. Like when I did Drunk History, I kept bumping on the fact that like the couple who I was covering, like they took their honeymoon in Maryland, and I was like, I know that there was nothing in America back then, but like seriously, you married a president, and the best you could do was a weekend in Maryland, right? Like when you're like in DC, (laughs) yeah. Um, hey now, um, but. I don't know. I don't know. Upstate New York. That's, I mean, it's beautiful. Saratoga. That could be cool. Yeah. What do you guys like to do together, Heather, besides sound really sad? I don't know. I mean, if you guys have a common interest, I I mean, Austin, Texas is awesome. Think about humidity. Think about what you really like to do. I mean, you guys better love America. So you should um, get familiar with some of your favorite states. I'm sorry to sound so negative. I feel like she's going to listen to this and start crying or something. But I... I'm moving. I have to think of the bigger picture. There's a lot more out there in the world than just Heather. And I need people to know that if you love to travel and if you love to see things and if you would like to see things and if it's like clearly important to you to be able to go on a honeymoon somewhere. 
I just think that's like you're cutting yourself off at the knees at like age 31. And like that seems very impulsive to me. Um, I would think that like maybe if I was 50 and I had already lived a full fun life. I also I'm I am a travel. I have like a travel bug. Like my biggest problem with buying a house is that I realized I grounded myself someplace and I can't just like now I feel like I have to stay here because I'm paying for this stupid thing. And so I that has like but I'm the type of person that I get I've gone on a plane and gone to Europe by myself before and spent like three weeks or two weeks walking around Europe by myself and it was fucking awesome and if you're not that kind of person if you don't think you'll ever desire that that's great and I think at 31 you might know if even part of you feels like you would like to be that type of person is do you do you have a husband that would let you travel by yourself if you wanted like is this another good question if he can't come with you yeah because you're gonna have to go do things in yourself and like think about the bigger picture of your life again this hypothetical child you have that lives in California California, like, are you only going to be able to see him at, at the, your husband's whims? Like, it's just, yeah, it's creepy. And it's also a behavior that it's a, it's a, it's a fear based lifestyle that I would understand if you got into it young, having to stick with it. Shut the fuck up. My friend is literally texting me nonstop about her STD results and I can't look at them Uh-oh. until later. Sorry. Like, <laughs> sorry. I feel like I'm going to find out something terrible, but I, on the other side of that, but that's fine. Heather, I'm a great friend. Um, listen, I just I I think that you are this is a behavior that's going to be taught to your children. If you are going to have children, this is a behavior that's like it tells people something about you it, that you're willing to accept this. And do you feel OK? I mean, you felt OK calling us and saying this. So maybe you're OK with it. But I I just don't I don't. Yeah. Know. I mean, have you asked? Have you asked if he's willing to try? And that's a big thing. If she hasn't, I mean. Just marry him because you've been lobotomized and you're fine. Like, I feel like these are questions that come up. Like, why wouldn't you? I would push someone to do that. I would say, like, face your fear, motherfucker. Like, how long has she been with him? She didn't say, right? I mean, if they've been together for, like, three years and it was like they got together at a stage in their life where her brain was fully formed, that's fine. But if they've been dating since they were 18 or something and her frontal lobe wasn't fully developed, then, like... Heather, don't marry him. Like, How bad are we going to feel if he was in like a horrible plane crash when he was a child? Not that bad. Not that bad because you know what? If you've been in a plane crash, you should know it's probably not going to happen twice. That's true. Lightning's not going to strike twice. That's how odds work. Unless you're Travis from uh, Blink-182. He got hit by lightning twice? No, he he got into plane crashes. Oh my God, yes. Or maybe I'm just making that up. Well, don't fly on like a little plane. That's never good. No. There's and no so definitely don't go to Martha's Vineyard no, if no, that's no. the case. I mean, he can handle the ferry. Oh, God, that's so sad. I'm so, it's so sad for me to think about your grown-ass man husband having to, like, emotionally handle a ferry. Like, it's just too <laughs> – it's so sad. Why are you doing this to yourself? All right, well, call me back and let me know what you decided for your honeymoon. And also let me know if you think this is a person that you really want to marry based on everything that we just pointed out to you. Like, do you want – I just don't think it's okay. We've broken up so many people today. We've broke. I know. They, none of them are going to break up. No. Don't worry. None okay. of these people actually listen to me. They just call because they want another opinion. Fair. That's like, I, that's something that I had to come to terms with very early on in this because sometimes people call with really upsetting shit. And like, I'm going to be upset on Heather's behalf for a really long time. Yeah. And I realize that no matter what I say to her today and no matter how logical it is, she's probably not going to listen to me. People always just do what they want to do. Yeah. Especially when they call when they're like 22. Like they don't give a fuck what I say. Yeah. Um, this is just for the listeners at home. Don't marry someone that is lives a fear-based lifestyle. I just teaching your kids. If you guys have kids, you're going to teach your kids that it's okay to limit yourself. 
And, I and don't, you're not going to be able to travel with your kids ever, which is, you know? Yeah. And I know families that have done the RV thing. And I think that it actually yeah. sounds like I, I've been envious of families that I'm like, oh, that's so cute that like you guys drove around in an RV and like you had to spend all that time together. And like, but, like that should be a choice and not a not, necessity. And exactly. Exactly. And I'm going to throw this out there, too. I really think that if he is going to not try and fly a plane for you, that he needs to not fly, like fly in a plane for you. I think he needs to buy you guys an RV. I think that that needs to be his purchase for the family and accepting who he is. Is that, look, I'm not going to fly a plane, but I'm going to buy us an RV so that we can have the most fun we can because you deserve to see the world, Heather. You don't deserve to be planted in Atlantic City for the rest of your life. Um, real housewives can't even go there for more than 24 hours. I don't know how you live there. Um, all right, let's take our next call. Do you, do you have anything more to say, Liana? Uh, no, I think, well, I, I mean, the only thing that occurred to me was like maybe a boat. Can you go somewhere on a boat? A boat. Yeah, a cruise. I mean, you sh- he should be terrified of a cruise. Yeah, that sounds, I mean, that is my actual nightmare. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the bad things that happen yeah. on cruises or just, just being a cruise in general. Well, like definitely like, they sometimes just catch fire and all that shit that's been mm-hmm. happening. But no, like being stuck on a boat with other people. I really want to go on that Rosie O'Donnell, like gay and lesbian family cruise. That sounds so amazing. Bad. Also, there's a train, the band. There's a train <laughs> yeah, cruise. No. That I want to fucking go on. <laughs> that is really, really like, funny. Just where like drops of Jupiter is playing all the time. That, that I would do. really funny. That You I, should do that for your honeymoon. That is so many single girls crying. I know. Like, that is just so many groups of girlfriends. And just like train getting so laid inappropriately because they, no one should be fucking trained. That's exactly <laughs> right. Well, that's why. Oh, the Gronk cruise. Oh, my God. Uh, the Rob Gronkowski cruise. Have you heard of this? No. The okay. football dude? Yeah. Okay. So he has a cruise. Actually, a girl called about this last year, Lala. We ca- that's me- Her name's Lauren. We call her Lala. Okay. So basically, Rob Gronkowski, that's how you say his last name, he had a cruise that he that went out. And like, I guess like 1,200 people were there for the actual Gronk cruise. Oh and like, God. there was maybe another wow. additional 2,200 people on the boat that were not there for that. And somehow they all harmoniously got along. That's amazing. Like, I think if one. Wait, that's so many people on a boat. It's so many people on a boat. <laughs> but like, the Gronk brought it. Like, yeah. there were so many videos of him just like twerking on stage. Like, he is wild. Gronk loves to party. It's amazing. He's very hot. He's like, not my type, but I can admit that he's hot. Fair. Um, and no one was more excited, like literally wiggling in his seat at, with excitement than Ed Hansen when he got the phone call from this girl, Lala, asking if she should go on the, gr- <laughs> on the Gronk cruise. And she didn't go. What? I know. No. And, and the they, advice was go, obviously. Uh, uh, the advice yeah. was get your fucking ass down there. Yes. I don't care if you have to like remortgage your apartment in New York go or whatever the, the fuck cruise. it is. Go. Yeah. And then she... And then this is the best. I'm from Lexington, Massachusetts, and she and, and obviously he's a Patriots player. There was like a ball, like a Rob Gronkowski prom in Burlington, Massachusetts. And she was like, I'm going to go to that if I don't go on the cruise. And I don't think she went to that either. And I'm feeling very betrayed by very Lala. Upsetting. Like, I, she's not. She's a watching Gronk life fan. pass she's her by. Like a Gronk poser. Maybe she should marry Heather's fiance mm-hmm. because they're just cheating themselves. And yeah. Heather and I will go on the Gronk cruise together. Um, and I'll meet you all on the train cruise. I would love that. That would be real. I mean, right? come on. Just train. they would seamlessly go into each other. Mm-hmm. Um, that actually would be a good come down, probably, from the Gronk From the Gronk cruise. <laughs> it's just the, the chill. Yes. <laughs> and then I'll spend a week on my gay and lesbian family vacation. Oh, cruise. my God. You have, like, your whole year planned. I feel like I would be – the only reason why I didn't go on the Our Family vacation, because I actually just thought about just, like, signing up, going on this gay and lesbian family cruise for a week, and then I was just like, they're going to think I'm trolling. Right. There's no – 
to bring. Yeah. And it's like it's sensitive because there's It's like how you can't really go to the dog park if you don't have a dog, but like a thousand times worse. People go to the dog park without dogs? Yeah, it's super weird. That is – But you're like, you shouldn't. That's the thing. You should never do it. You should never. It's like you also should never just be standing in a playground where you don't have a child that goes to – Exactly. I mean, that is bizarre. And it's kind of that. But like multiplied because you're like just there living. That's actually a really – gross character thing like yeah. that would be the like a, if i saw a movie where a character just went to the dog park so and- i have a really good friend who's a very wonderful person and when he first moved to la and had no friends and was lonely he would go to the dog park because he really really wanted a dog and then he got one and that's kind of sweet but like it's still a little weird he should yeah he should have just gotten the dog i mean he, he did get the dog okay that's good i mean i guess it's maybe a tryout but no like you shouldn't ever god i'm so judgmental i usually think of myself as such a hippie but i'm being so judgmental today i'm so sorry to everyone Okay, we have a letter. Liana's going to read it. Should I do an accent? If you want. I can't. (laughs) Dear Molly. Hi, my name is Elizabeth. Spelled with an S for the record. I'm 30 years old and I live in Seattle. (laughs) 30. I know. I just listened to your episode with Marissa Ross. And this conversation was especially timely and cathartic to listen in on. I deeply feel that everyone has their own grieving process after a traumatic event And we need to be able to make light of such situations with humor if that's what we need to do. Speaking our truth about a situation that caused some degree of PTSD is necessary and not everyone gets it, but those who have suffered it too will. I also loved what you guys had to say about going with the path of least resistance career-wise. So much yes on this episode, just wanted to say. Also, your Snapchat stories kill me, especially this Intellural spelling oh, stuff. Oh, intellural. I did the drug from Limitless. Amazing is what she said, but also what I'm saying. Much love. I did the drug. Do you know the show Limitless or the movie Limitless, the Bradley Cooper uh, thing? Yeah, I thought that was just like Adderall. No. Okay. It's, um, so they like claim they invented the drug that is in the movie. Like, or is it a movie or a show? I think it's a movie, but is that, what's, wait, what's one of Scarlett It was a movie starring Bradley Cooper then became a CBS show that was executive produced by Bradley Cooper. Good for him. Wow, Bradley well is so enterprising. Did, wait, you just looked that up. No. Oh, you she knew it? I'm very it. Christina's like, yeah, Christina just loves to sit at home and eat puffins, cereal topless, and watch Limitless. That's <laughs> her second. In all scenarios, I paint every scenario I paint for Christina. She's topless at home, eating cereal, doing something. Sounds amazing. Um, But listen, it's this, I was approved for the trial, and it is like not, I mean, it's it's over the counter technically. And I think this might be why I found out this like girl I know is she's super nasty. She's a gnarly chick. I'll tell you off my kudos. But she has been calling me a drug, uh, an unhinged drug addict. And I realized that I might have given her something with this one because I did in Tellerall and then I snapped about it all day. What is it? Okay. It's basically like a shit ton of green coffee extract and probably some other vitamins. Oh, is that like Modafinil or whatever that stuff is? Probably, yeah. Oh, I've done that too. And it's I took awful. I took one the first day and I was like loving it. I'm like I am limitless. I get it. I'm totally there for it. It's the thing that just gives like more oxygen to your brain. Probably, yeah. but way too much because the second day I was like I took one yesterday. Why not take two today? And like I read on the back of the package that like most people like they work their way up to three or four a day eventually. You can't take more than four a day, which means that you can probably take like six. Yeah. Um, but I had my friend over and I was like, let's just take some Intellerol. Like we're working on our project. Like let's just, well, Intellerol it up and get so much done. 
I had a fucking meltdown. Like I have never wanted out of my body so bad. I've taken someone else's like Adderall before, like years ago. And I remember it was like the worst day of my life. Like it was the crackiest Adderall I've ever been on. And like, just when you thought the ride was over, you had to get back on it. And that was totally the Intellerol situation where it's like, you'd have five minutes of peace. And then all of a sudden, like you'd be on one for another 30 minutes. If if it is, I think it is similar to the modafinil shit. And like that, Like, a couple times I was like, oh, my God, like, I'm really, like, getting a lot of work done and whatever. And then there were times when I just, like, like, you said, like, I wanted to be out of my body. Like, I was yeah. just, like, everything was so Make it horrible stop. and just, like, I felt just, yeah, awful, but, like, I couldn't turn it off. And I was like, I just want to go to sleep, but, like, I'm so awake. It was terrible. And, like, I don't come in at a particularly, like, high frequency. Like, I wouldn't say I'm the most low energy person ever, but I'm definitely not someone – I don't need Adderall and I definitely don't need a ton of downers. Like, I think I'm right. pretty – I wouldn't say I'm even keeled. I would say I'm like just probably permanently stoned from college. But um, it was it was like the worst. And I did not become Bradley Cooper. No, my brain turned into a small spiral. Um, I'm glad that you wrote in about this. I forget your name. Sorry. Um, well, oh no, her name is Melissa? Elizabeth with an Elizabeth, S. Yes. Um, very German, right? That's German. Sure. Um, but I. <laughs> German name. Well, who am I? My grandmother? Elizabeth, yeah. German girl. Um, But no, I really appreciate you writing in about this because what basically Marissa and I were saying was like, there's always this conversation about rape jokes. Always. Like the conversation around rape jokes is like, you can't make them. And I feel like there are, I feel like men, no matter what, probably can't make them. And I feel like this is, well, no, I don't necessarily feel that either. I just feel that I think that it's everyone's right and responsibility to process their situation the way that they need to and when people throw down strict guidelines saying like no rape jokes are okay like what you're doing is you are limiting a large group of people that process tragedy and trauma through humor which is like definitely where I go like I can't if I have to intellectualize it too much I'll go nuts so like I, and you're also making it so that you're just not talking about rape culture. You know, exactly. you're, if you're cutting that off, it's just like not in the discussion and that doesn't help anyone. But I mean, you also have to admit that like rape jokes or joking about rape in a casual way contributes to like. Oh, totally. Culture. But I, I think. So like yeah, really, yeah, yeah. it's difficult but to draw a line. Exactly. I think it just depends on like what. I think it's what, more What often, the intent is. Yeah. I think it's more often the like jokey rape not taking rape serious jokes than like right, those oh, are I went through it and this is cathartic for but me. like a real right. joke and what I consider like something that is like con- like a joke that's like a good quality like right. isn't necessarily those cannot can be non-harmful and those can be I think necessary. people should just stop raping people so then we don't have to have a this conversation a where, we, where we're drawing lines. But then what will people make jokes about? I know, seriously. <laughs> what will be funny? But no, it's this is I mean that's honestly the thing is it's like we can't And when we start, I just feel like we're all policing each other all the time. And it's like the real issue that should be policed is that people are getting raped, raped, not that people are making jokes about it or processing it or anything else. But also like if you're a dipshit making unfunny rape jokes, you should stop doing that. Absolutely. And I, I just think that the one thing that you can never necessarily prove unless it's very obvious that this person is coming from an ugly place or has not experienced rape or whatever is um, what the intent behind yes. the joke is. And that's what, uh, I mean, and it's hard. Or not, I think a lot of rape jokes can be threatening. And I think that's mm-hmm. the biggest problem is like, if your joke isn't a threat, then that's probably okay. But if it's, if the way you're saying it is kind of implied, like I could rape you, then don't, do not say that out loud. I mean, no, no, I mean, even casual rape jokes contribute to the, like the air of uh, rape culture. 
just laughing at it makes it okay. So like rape is not a big deal if I do it. But what? if you but no, it's not a big deal if you do it. But I think it's also it's it's not saying it's not a big deal if I do it. I think it's also I think that it can be saying that I think it's also like I can't not talk about it. Like I can I'm allowed to say this word because it's not the worst thing that's ever happened to me. And it's probably one of the worst things that's ever happened to me. But the fact that I can talk about it, it's like and it it just speaks to every like victim's different relationship with what happened to them. And it also speaks to every person's relationship with how they process like everything else in life everyone's different they do things differently I felt very glad that Marissa was my guest that day because I know she feels the same that I do which is just like hey dude like don't fucking censor me like I'm trying to process something like I remember it took me like five years to realize that I had been raped and like my first reaction was to just I laughed so hard that I cried like I was like who takes five years to figure out that something like that (laughs) happens to them. Like, who takes that long to put it together? And I just, like, laughed the entire way to work. I was, like, crying. And I wanted to go to work and tell everyone, like, hey, guys, guess what I figured out today on the way to work? Like, I'm that... So it was just... But it was, like... Yeah. It was weird. that's not... That's not harmful. Like, that's you processing your own shit. Yeah. And getting on with it. I know. So I just... uh, I appreciate this letter, and I'm glad that you related to it. And I always do work... Like, I worry when I say things like, I don't believe in hormonal birth control or like, I think that anyone should be able to make any rape joke they want. Um, Not anyone, but I think that victims should be able to make whatever rape joke they want. I... I worry that there's people at the, at home that don't understand my intent and are like completely appalled by it. And so it's nice. I don't always need you to affirm me. Like when Christina said, it's positive feedback. And I was like, I don't, I, it doesn't necessarily need to be. It's okay if you guys write and say that like you're really offended by something that I say, but it's really, really nice to know that please advise nation. It's clicking with you. You get it and that you feel validated by it because that's all I want in the things that I listen to and watch is to just feel validated because my feelings are the most important. Oh, of course. Molly, they are. They are. (laughs) My feelings are what makes the world go around. Um, Yeah, I think that's it. Do you want to take another call? All right. Hey, Molls. This is Amanda. I love the pod. Also, shout out Christina and shout out Ryan Bailey. I love him so much. Um, I had a question about college slash time period in life FOMO. Um, I'm... A uh, junior in college right now, and I love it, but I don't feel like I'm having the same experiences people are, I guess, supposed to have. Like, I don't have, like, a huge group of friends that I feel like is going to stay together for the rest of our lives, and I have, you know, my people around me, but I don't know, it's just something that kind of bothers me more than I wish it did, and I feel like I compare myself to some people who do seem to have that, and I know that's stupid, and I just feel like there's so much cultural pressure to have this amazing time in college. And I am having a great time, but it's not – it's different. So I guess I was just – my question is how do you stop those negative thought patterns and just kind of get out of that frame of mind that you're not doing enough in this high-pressure time in your life? Uh, thanks. Bye. Okay. I have to say my first, my mind immediately went to like, how do I, I my mind for some reason went to her making friends off Craigslist. And I know Whoa, that's not, that's not right, happening. That's, that's not, not the right, right no. no. No, that's not the right what? answer. <laughs> that's not the right Molly, Absolutely no. the worst <laughs> advice you've ever given. Huh. I know. For some what are you? Seriously? No, don't make friends off Craigslist. Craigslist. 
I don't know why my mind went there. I was very lucky. I got into a sketch group my first week of school. I would not have had that experience, though, of like a great college bonding experience. I think of that a lot. I would have been very, very lonely in college if I did not get into my sketch group and stay with those people for four years um, and held on to them like a goddamn security blanket. Also, like, can I just say, like, these cliches about memories that you make, like, a, these are where you go to make the friends that you have for the rest of your life. No, I don't know. Yeah. You make your friends when you make your friends. Exactly. Or like how prom is supposed to be the best night of your life. Oh my god, <laughs> so embarrassing. It's I was so wearing bad. like I. Oh god, don't fall into those traps. So just try to enjoy it right and now. Like, I think Molly, the thing. Going. Sorry to inject. Like no. everyone in college is miserable half the time and having a great time the other half the time. Like you go right. back and forth constantly and everyone's doing that and you see people when they're out with their friends or they're eating lunch or they're like, oh, they're at a party. You don't see them when they're in their room like, what am I doing with my life? And by the way, everyone has, college is for all the greatness that comes with it. I think that people really highlight the great memories because there is a lot of sadness that comes with yeah. college. My junior year in particular, I remember... I came home between semesters and like I had completely blown for a semester my junior year. Like it was just bad. Like my grades were bad. Like I wasn't I was in the wrong classes. I think that I had finally like I switched my majors three times. I went in poli sci, then I went English, and I was like, oh, I'll just do film studies. So then I I like kind of traveled all all through all those things and I was switching between English and film that junior year. And I just remember coming home. I remember being in bed and I remember my parents coming back from some sort of dinner and I just was like sobbing in my bed and I was like, I think I need to quit college. Like I need to quit. I'm, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Like it's not for me. And my mom was like, are you on drugs? And I was like, no, I just like, I can't do this. Yeah. It's too hard. And I remember like feeling when college is like a slight extension of high school and that you you've grown out of a lot of the weird social patterns that you had in high school. Like definitely a lot of the small town beliefs that you probably carried in high school. College kind of opens up the world a little bit in that sense, but you still have a, you still treat everything with such great importance in college and like are very fixated on the like minutia in life and like, um, and your brain's not fully developed yet. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. Um, and I don't know what you, like, what do you want out of college? Do you want, like, a best girlfriend or do you want, like, 30 friends you can drink with? Like, what? Or what, do you want to, like, actually, like, learn some shit? You know? And I think that's right. the thing that I always think about when I'm, like, I don't remember a single party I went to. I don't remember, like, but I do remember, like, making myself take a Russian lit class because I knew that's the only way I'd ever read those books. And I'm, like, yeah. you know, I'm, like, I remember, like, these pieces of art that I studied in architecture. Like, I, I think it's fine to actually mostly use college as a way to, like, expand your brain and figure out what you want to do that's is kind that like of a weird when, stance no that's kind of <laughs> why i was thinking she should make friends on craigslist but oh, like i that, no. no i went to a very small catholic i mean i went to like a uh, mid-range i went to boston college judgment university beautiful campus very like i was like a, i was a legacy student like my whole family went to bc's so i felt very pressured to go there and i also felt very different than my family like i thought i was going to be the governor of massachusetts I thought that I was going to like go to law school and then I was going to 
be a very, very successful lawyer that trans like transitioned into politics and then transitioned into talk radio in my retirement. Were you still but now be a you're Republican doing that already? I'm doing it. <laughs> I was was I still a Republican? Yeah. I don't think I was ever a Republican. I think that no. I just lived in my parent I lived with my like yeah. grandparents around until I was eighteen. So I like didn't have any like for- fully formed thoughts. And then immediately when I got to Boston College, actually, nothing will strip you of like or force you to figure out your beliefs harder than going to a Jesuit university, which Jesuits are like definitely the most open form of Catholics. But I was very aware of the fact that like my gay friends were just not treated the same as me. And most of my friends were like weirdo comedy kids. We were like there. It was like queer kids and like kids that came into school like with like foreign parents. Like that was what was weird at Boston College. Like If you had parents that weren't born in America, that was a little weird. Yeah. If you didn't look like a J. Crew model, that was a little weird. What was USC like? Oh, I mean, like USC was I went to film school. So it was like a little Mm -hmm. bit. There was like a little bit of a difference. But like it's kind of the worst place on earth. Like it's it's just like the whole thing is like the university of spoiled children. Like that's fucking true. (laughs) That's like everyone's a monster. Nobody wants to actually like I I felt like I feel like I'm sounding like such a nerd, but like no one wants to learn. No one wants to go to college. Like I that was important to me. I was like, I just like I'm here. Yeah. I still owe money. Like I want to learn stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a really weird, like it was just a super gross place. Were you so no Greek life for you? Uh-uh. Yeah, I think that you should just I I really like this is I, and when I say make friends on Craigslist, like, like I'm join like, a club. Maybe make friends like at your college in a club instead of on Craigslist? Yeah, and I really what I what I mean by that is like when I probably spent 40 hours a week moderating a Degrassi the next generation message board in my dorm room and um making friends online and like I remember I just that's when I discovered Defamer and I was like I want to go to California someday and like write for a website like this. And I wound up like not writing for them to <laughs> video stuff. But like I this is where like I came into my own and I think that it was a lot of it was autonomous like I had so much fun with my group but I was like you know I was alone a lot of the time because I I chose to live off campus and like this weird like almost like boarding house thing where by the way I read that one of my roommates died online oh I know it was the weirdest thing like I read like a personal essay about someone dying this and I realized that it was my college roommate shit it's crazy. Um, but I lived in this really weird little like place. And and so I I always had my own room and it was really small. And I would just sit in there and just like read and read and read and inform myself on the things that I cared about in the world outside of class and like really developed who I was as a person. So that when I came to L.A. like right after school and if I were you junior year, this is when I started to really think about what I was going to yeah. do after college and I thought – and I got an internship in California. And so I, I came out here for that summer going into my senior year. And my senior year, I was just like on a track. Like I knew like I'm going to L.A. when I graduate. So like whatever the fuck happens this year, big deal. And like I think that once you set your sights on what you're going to do after college, it really helps you, A, like focus in on the learning aspect of it, which is what college is for. It doesn't necessarily – I think – Or like making the friends that have the interests that you have. Or like yeah. The, you know, maybe you just haven't found like the right people. Do you think she feels lonely or do you maybe. think she just feels I like – I think that's okay. Yeah. Oh, no. I think I think it's totally okay because I, I mean but I'm I think- not even getting like loneliness. I think I'm just seeing her being like – FOMO. I'm, yeah. Like I'm not – I don't want to be with them. I'm upset that I but just I, said that out loud. No, she said FOMO too. People oh, still, she did? People oh, okay, still cool. say FOMO. She's uh, saying, I have college FOMO. Totally. But um, she says she's a junior and she loves it, but she's not having the same experience. Right. And we've talked about like – No one's really having that experience. Joy. Yeah, no one's having that no. experience. And 
Um, additionally, like it doesn't really sound like you miss it. Like it's, yeah. you just are looking at it and saying like, should I be like right. that? And I wonder that about all sorts of people all the time. Like I look at their life and I'm like, maybe I should just like calm down and be like that person. Or maybe I should just like, but it's, I, I'm never going to be anyone but myself and you're never going to be anyone but yourself, Miranda. And I think that you should just own that. And I think that it's great that you love Ryan Bailey. And I think that you should strike up like a Snapchat friendship with him because he's very fun to talk to. Stay the fuck off Craigslist. Also. I know. <laughs> Dude, I um I like totally loved Craigslist in college. What? I loved it. For what? Um, everything. Well, like I would like find people to buy weed from. Okay. Like, but that's not a friend. <laughs> I would, I would, I would, um, but like I've always been into like striking up weird internet relationships. And sure. so, like, there's actually a kid who went to Berkeley when I was at BC that, like, I had posted something just being like, has anyone ever heard of this? Like, on Craigslist. Just, Maybe like, I just don't know question. what Craigslist is. I thought it was just for, like, buying couches. I mean, it like, is. It is. But, like, and also. I know someone who met their husband through Craig's- Craigslist. What? You do? Is it me? No. Oh. <laughs> but I, yes, I can see I, the future. I like, do I just not know what Craigslist is? No. I mean, I think that. I don't think people way, use it that way anymore. Craigslist killer was rampant in Boston when I was on oh, Craigslist. Shit. So like, I know, but I wasn't giving erotic massages. That. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need to point out you once suggested that I look for someone to date on Craigslist. No, no, no. I know what it was. I know what it was. I know what it was. It started a huge fight between me and a friend. I don't know if it was it wasn't you actually. No, you also suggested it to me, but you also suggested it to this someone. Friend. Okay, yeah, I, this was like a advice you were giving out, like meet someone on Craigslist. So I had a friend that was like, "I'm just not getting fucked." This is like pretender. She's like, "I'm not getting fucked. Not meeting anyone I want to meet. I'm not." And then she's like, "I don't want to do Match.com. I don't want to do eHarmony." And I was like, "I don't know. Find a hot guy on Craigslist." She literally stood up at the bar we were at, left the bar, and then was like, "I cannot believe you told me to meet a, a guy on Craigslist." Because that's crazy. And that's I was crazy like, "Crazy advice." No, I was like, "That is that is the that's the tone that you're putting on it." I was not coming from a bad place when I said that. You said you wanted some stray dick, like unless it's I don't Craig know. himself. There's no <laughs> Craig reason. himself is not an attractive man. I, <laughs> I know nothing I about him. him in real life. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. Craig might be the weirdest guy on the list. Am I right? <laughs> what was he like? He was just kind of a nerdy white guy. Yeah. I don't know, with a little bit of a neck beard. It took him over a year after the Craigslist killer to shut down the erotic services section, which is something that you would know if you subscribe to my Lifetime podcast, Mother May I Sleep With podcast, where we do a great episode of the Craigslist killer with Ryan Bailey, which might be actually how you know him, Miranda, and I apologize if I've sent you to Craigslist to find (laughs) friends after (laughs) seeing that. Um, Don't find friends on Craigslist. Get a Twitter account. Get a dog. Get a dog. And, well, not in college. Right, wait. That's, that'd yeah. be start weird. Start figuring out the dog you want to get after start college. Start shopping for dogs online. And um, yeah, just figure out what you want to do after college. Figure out and some- like, don't worry so much about it. Don't like, no one's having the time of their life. No one. That's not a thing. No one. I feel like they, there's some I mean, Bradley Cooper do. and Limitless. I haven't seen that movie. I, I BC, bet it doesn't end well. At BC, they did this, that thing to you that I guess they, it's like, they do this to you at some schools. They're like, look to your left, look to your right. One of those people is going to find their spouse here at Boston College. That's what they did? Yeah. They For me in film school, they're like, look to your left, look to your right. There are 40 people in this room. Only one of you will actually make it in this <laughs> <laughs> I was 
like, fuck you. Swag is screaming in fear. I know. That was he's really like, rude like, of them to no. say that. No, because um, but BC has this like illustrious history of like 75 My cousin went to BC and met her husband there. Yeah, people love it at BC. And by the way, everyone at BC is obnoxiously beautiful. Like it's the most, it's the most upsetting school to go to, but also I had yeah, so much USA fun. Yeah, USA like, why are you, what is this? I had so much fun there though. I would Like I learned the term anyone. laying out, which was an activity, which is that people just like lay out and lay in the sun and yeah. sunbathe. It was just like sunbathe, but that was like the activity for the weekend Yeah, to lay out. I was like, I, I don't, I don't, I can't do that shit. I can't believe how little sunscreen was in the mix. That's no people sunscreen. used to lay out at BC too. We had a dust bowl. It's and such like, a weird thing, right? That that's an activity. Kind of. I mean, well, in Massachusetts, it always made sense to me because we're like so right, desperate like, for warmth. Right but like, beat. like go to the go to the beach. I don't know, but I it's guess. also about like I'm in a bikini and boys will walk. Oh, by, people I guess. would walk. Like, people would lay out in bikinis. Yes, at USC? yes. Every, that's very not California. Just people, everyone. That's what 902 led me to 90210 led me to believe California. Yeah, no, was, it was real weird. It was just like co-eds laying out. Um, okay. Dwags is flipping out. Christina has to go eat some puffins topless. Liana, you've been an amazing guest. Thank you very much. Thank for you so me. much for being here. Where can people find you on the internet? Craigslist. Where, <laughs> honey, <laughs> that was fast. Uh, Where can people find you on the internet besides Craigslist? Uh, I have a Twitter account, which is just uh, my name, which is Liana Maybe. Okay, and it's M A E M A E B Y. And then the you can get my book. Name. Thank you. You have such a great name. Thank you. Um, and people can buy your book, book on Amazon. It's called South on Highland. Mm-hmm. And what's your next book about? I want to. It's uh, it's about uh, a group of people who get stuck in a luxury doomsday bunker. Wow, that's fan. Wow, that's like very cerebral. Um, <laughs> you guys, I'm Malls. You can find me on the internet at Malls pretty much everywhere. Malls official on Snapchat if you want to be tormented and possibly um, research ways to negatively uh, uh, describe me to people. I-, I just have to tell you, this girl, like, fu- it's nuts. I can't, no, I shouldn't talk about it. I'll, t- I'll tell you off mic. But this, I had to quit Snapchat for two weeks because of a very upsetting incident. Oh, no. Um, you guys, I love you. Christina Lopez, where can people find you? What are you laughing at me for? <laughs> I just, the listeners are going to be kept in suspense, like imagining what you're going to talk about. Just time. blame it on the fetus girl. Just blame it. We can just blame whatever I just said on the fetus girl, the girl we don't speak about anymore, who I've been talking about just, I viscerally hate now. Some girl called. She was pregnant with like a famous person's kid and then she like manipulated me. I don't know. Whoa, I'm, whoa, I'm whoa, whoa, about, whoa. I'm not happy with what happened. Well, I need to know I this feel whole taken story. advantage. I'll tell you everything off mic. Awesome. Um, but also I think you can read about it in the Daily Mail now because she did not take my advice. Um, <laughs> Has anyone ever taken your advice? <laughs> um, just the girl who cried on Snapchat two weeks ago. Um, you guys, thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week. No, we might not be. We might be back with another long episode next week. We've been taking kind of some a little bit of production breaks because Christina and I have a lot going on, and also we never a lot give of cereal ourselves to eat. breaks. We have a lot of cereal to eat, a lot of yeah. I gotta get my topless time in. Yeah, you gotta get your. These top. have to breathe. We just realized we had, like never take weeks off. Like we never take time off, which is not like for like a year and a half. We so were just hard. doing like. Every other Saturday, That's like crazy. we just wanted to. Normally, month we do four hours in a row. So, like this today, we're doing a solo guest because Christina has a busy cereal eating schedule, but um, <laughs> she has a bra to take off and some cereal to eat. But this, we'll see you guys soon. Basically, I don't know when we'll see you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>